0: San Giovese, Lambrusco, San Giovese, Lambrusco, Aglianco, Albana, Arneis, Barbera, Canaiolo, Cannonao, Cardincao, Cesanese, Cortese, Cortese, Cortina, Cortina Comina, Croatina, Croatina, Torcetto. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Joy Livingston and for the next several weeks I will be bringing you some choice narrated content from the book Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and Other Vine Stories, written by Mr. Science himself, Professor Attilio Scenza, and Serena Aymazio, published by PositivePress.net. To get a copy of the book, the Kindle version is available on Amazon, and hardcover copies are available from Positive Press. If you like the content we share each week, consider donating to our show. Find details at italianwinepodcast.com or on our social media channels. Sit back and get your geek on as we jump into the details, stories, and science of Italian wines and vines. Leonardo's Vineyard. Let's go to Milan. It's around 2010, and we are stopped in front of Corso Magenta 65 on a bright afternoon in mid October. This place is known as the House of Atellani, bordering the Palazzo delle Stelline, and once the home of a girl's orphanage, the Stellina in point of fact. It is a historical residence steeped in history and maintained by the family Castellini Maranghi, who not only take great pride in owning it, they still live within its walls. The following story might seem hard to believe, but it really happened. This palace and its wonderful gardens overlooking Via Zenale were particularly dear to Ludovico il Moro, Leonardo himself was one of the illustrious house guests, having arrived in Milan in 1482, in search of work. He managed to meet Ludovico il Moro, who entrusted him with various tasks at the Sforza court, many of which would remain unfinished. Perhaps it was this reason that he stayed in this city for the longest time, and which retains many memories of the presence of this brilliant painter, architect, inventor, sculptor, and winemaker. Milan during the Renaissance was very different from today. Many spaces that are now urbanized were cultivated fields during that time. If we were to go by the names of some of the streets in the center, such as San Pietro a Vigna, these names acknowledge that the vineyards must have been quite widespread so much so that the garden of the Casa degli Attelani would have also been part of a vineyard. We do not know how it actually happened, whether it was Leonardo who asked or Ludovico il Moro who randomly gifted Leonardo a piece of land. At the time, in order to be a citizen of Milan in all respects, it was essential to own a parcel in the city thus offering Leonardo greater guarantees and stability. However, it happened, and Leonardo became the owner of a piece of Milanese vineyard. It may be that the vines reminded him of the Tuscan hills from which he came. It may be because it was an activity to enjoy outside of work. The Casa degli Attelani is in front of the Santa Maria delle Grazie Church, where Leonardo lived just during the period in which he dedicated himself to the fresco in the refectory, Il Cenacolo. It may have been because he was intrigued by the behavior of the plants. The fact is, the vineyard must have given him a lot of satisfaction, since it is one of the few material goods mentioned by Leonardo in his will. The story itself is exciting, but what makes it even more extraordinary is that the vineyard in question remains almost unchanged to this day. The owners, who had followed one another over the centuries, had always taken great care not to touch the vineyard. Even the failures had been replaced by offshoots or cuttings obtained from other plants in the vineyard itself. It is a real-time capsule that has remained intact even centuries later due to the inattention of a painter. Housed in a guest house in the garden of the house, a fire was triggered, destroying everything, everything but the roots of the vines. Thus, the vineyard that had been saved from the fire and preserved was later covered by a meter of rubble after the American bombings of 1943. Even the refectory holding the Last Supper was damaged by this. If you're wondering where the roots fit in with all this, know that this is the same question we asked ourselves on that mid-October afternoon when our story first began, when we were presented with a project that drove us to the verge of madness. The owners of the Casa degli Atellani, together with a critic and popular student of the great Veronelli, Luca Maroni, a geologist and expert in soil structure, Radolfo Minelli, and a university professor and researcher, Attilio Scienza, and Serena Imazio, imagined a journey back in time to identify the exact variety that was cultivated in the garden of the Casa degli Attelani, starting from the analysis of DNA taken from roots that had been buried over half a century under at least two meters of Earth, and whose exact location was unknown. There were only a few photographs to help them, taken during the Second World War by a British plane patrolling the city, coupled with writings from a 1920s book written by architect Luca Beltrami, describing the garden in an iconographical way. From the images, a map of the arrangement of the rose was reconstructed and excavations began. The first great victory was finding the path that ran under the pergola, bound by bricks. This was at a depth of one and a half meters and it was still perfectly intact, just as it appeared in the photographs. Beyond this, the roots of the vine still appeared active. The process took five years, in which time a mechanical sieve was built almost ad hoc to separate the soil from the plant material. After a lot of patience and in the laboratory, the answer came in. It was Malvasia di Candia Aromatica, with almost 90% certainty. The disappointment was crushing. We thought it was a mistake, some error in the laboratory. What was a vineyard based on Malvasia di Candia Aromatica doing in Milan at the beginning of the Renaissance? It could have been the wine at the court of the Sforzas, but that plant at that time was in Greece, not Milan. Or perhaps in the wake of the success of the wines of Venice, some Malvasia vines were brought from Greece and had been planted in the garden. This was the first time the results were analyzed on a PC screen after comparing the data with those contained in all the databases available at the time. The only evidence was the name of the Cretan grape variety. A few months later, a phone call came in from Jacopo Ghilardotti, who was completing research for the publication of a book on the history of the House of the Atellani. He asked... Are you sure that the Malvasia di Candia Aromatica comes from Crete? Not 100%, we said. Someone is beginning to find genetic proximities with Malvasia di Schierano and other vines of the Padana Plain. But they are hypotheses. For now, the most accredited thesis says that it comes from Greece. Then, Gildardotti continued... That's right, because consulting the available registers of the Milan Historical Archives, it turns out that the Attellani owned land in Candia, Lomellina, and I thought you might be interested. Bingo, I said. On the basis of this discovery, the attribution can be considered valid, and it can therefore be concluded that Leonardo da Vinci liked sweet wine. The results of the independent research, which confirmed the autochthonous nature of Malvasia di Candia Aromatica, were published as further confirmation. Such an incredible story cannot be concluded without a bit of magic. In the garden of the Casa degli Atellani, on the day in which work began replanting the vineyard, made with aromatic Malvasia di Candia plants from the traditional vine-growing area, A solar eclipse occurred around 11.30 a.m., making for a particularly impressive workday. Thank you for listening to this week's installment of Sangiovese, Lambrusco, and other vine stories. We hope you expanded your horizons and gave your brain cells an Italian wine workout. We'll see you again next Thursday, and remember, the Kindle version of the book is available on Amazon, and hardcover copies are available from PositivePress.net. If you feel inspired to make a donation to our show, please visit us at theitalianwinepodcast.com. Find Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Our Twitter handle is at ItaWinePodcast. Podcast. venez, schiobbettino, perotico, itinorazzo, tintiglia, lefosco del perunco rosso, sagrantino, schiavo gentile, verdicchio, vermentino, vernaccia, uva Perché ne chiede uva di troia?